0: Welcome to the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for the fifth and final episode in the special series covering the Diocesan Assembly. I'm Michaela Howard-Jones.
1: And I'm James Meston.
0: Today, we're going to be taking a look at the Diocesan Youth Assembly, where young people from schools, parishes and communities all came together from across the diocese to talk about the youth perspective in the future of the Catholic Church and share their hopes and dreams with one another. Mm -hmm.
2: Today is all about dialogue, today is all about listening, but it's also about getting to know one another, meeting new people from different parts of the Archdiocese, and, uh, and dreaming, thinking about what might be possible, what might come to be.
1: To begin the afternoon, I chaired a panel of young people who represented their communities at the Diocesan Assembly a month or so earlier. This was an opportunity to share their experiences for the majority of people in the room who weren't able to attend. Amongst them were Julian Nguyen and Maddie Ford, who later went on to represent the Archdiocese of Adelaide at the Plenary Council. Uh, Maddie, by satellite, um, after all the discussions I had at the Diocesan Council and the Plenary Council that that you were able to be a part of, 12 months time, what would you like to see happen or even begin to happen in that time?
3: So, for me, what a lot of the discussion was centred around this unconditionally loving church and having that at the centre of everything that we are doing. And for me, something that I'm quite passionate about is how do we bring those issues and those topics into our daily contextual living. So, understanding that this is one discussion now, today but what can we do tomorrow as individuals to keep this discussion going forward, to take small, simple actions to make a difference? One of the biggest things that was happening at the Plenary Council was every single person before they spoke was acknowledging the land that they were coming from, so the land of the First Nations people, and being in the First Nations small group some of the men and and women and the elders of the first first nations communities were saying how significant that was for that recognition and that acknowledgement so small simple things in our daily contextual living environment that will really make a difference at putting the people that we are trying to support at the center so not going to people on the margins or the peripheries instead this, this focus of they are at the centre, let's go and sit with them and meet with them and listen and try to understand, knowing that we will never fully understand however we can stand alongside each and every single day and how can we do that?
1: Uh, Julian, being a part of both of these processes, the Dyson Assembly and the Plenary Council, you coming out of both of those processes... What, do you get a feeling now about the, the, the ideas and the mood behind the things that are, that are motivating the Archdiocesan of Adelaide? And if so, what is your hope for the future? What's your hope for the next 12 months here?
4: Yeah, I think being part of both the Dyson Assembly and the Plenary Council, um, I can certainly see and feel that we want... It's time for change. It's time to review and have a look at you know, how we can make the Catholic Church relevant or more relevant in our ever-changing world.
5: I was just taking a moment. How incredible is it that we have young people like this in our diocese representing our voices in these big time spaces? We have our young people with our voices there. That is incredible. That makes me so proud to be a part of Adelaide and so proud to know these beautiful people who are just absolutely representing us with this authenticity, this energy. And it's exciting because the church is yours. And these people are representing the church that is yours. And that is exactly what we're about to get into now when we move into our discussion groups
0: The discussion groups, just like the diocesan assembly, were a small group of participants who were each given a theme based off of the results from the consultation process. These include accompaniment and outreach to young people, ecological justice and action, community life and opportunities in parishes, mental health issues, formation for young people, dialogue and listening, LGBTI inclusion and parish-based programs and activities.
5: And so when we are in our discussion groups, it's really important that we treat them as a bit of a sacred space. We listen to what people have to say. We hear their experiences. And we also share our own and come from a place of kindness and understanding. But also, don't be afraid to challenge each other in really positive ways because it's really healthy to embark in dialogue and conversation, especially when we have an opportunity like this where we really do get to produce some outcomes and actions from an event of being together. So our first discussion group we will break off based on some social justice issues that we've identified and I'll tell you a little bit about that later. Our second discussion group we will be separating based on like a different structure and then the last one it will be in our local areas.
1: After the discussion groups had wrapped, any member was given the opportunity to get up in front of the larger group and share some of what their group had discussed so that everyone could hear the key points that arose from every theme.
4: Hey everyone, I'm Daniel, and I was in the group of um, parish-based programs and activities, and we looked at a couple of things. And one of them was, how do we involve the youth into our communities? And how do we get them to say that? Because the turnaround rate is, in some communities, if they don't have a youth group, it's pretty high. It's especially the thing we said oh, after year 12, they just dip and don't come back. But um, I was thinking about this, and I guess it's kind of tempting to say why they're leaving the church and pretend that the church is something out there while in reality, if we're baptized, confirmed, and have received the sacraments of initiation, we are part of the church too. So I think um, the question is how can we involve each other and because after a war one big community we all live in the same country the same city we're all God's children so how do we include each other into that community without us leaving um right I'm I'm not sure I guess I know some of you do uh and (laughs) I guess that's why we're here to just find those solutions to those problems and truly act on it like I know there was that theme of not practicing what we preach but Let's face it, Catholicism, loving everyone, it's hard. It's hard. And I think we just need to take little steps in the right direction.
6: Um, hi, my name's Francesca. Um, so our group discussed LGBTQIA inclusion within the church and basically a summary of what we talked about was there is really a lack of space for LGBTQIA members in the community. We find that often we are being pushed this narrative of love thy neighbour and love one another, but the church is not reflecting that in relation to members of the LGBTQ community. We need to kind of work together within our community to kind of build others up instead of pushing this message that is causing a lot of disconnect between the youth and the adults of the community. Obviously, we find a lot of younger people are leaving the church because they don't feel that their values are being represented. And we want to welcome people back into the folds. We want to show them that we are all loved and accepted, just like Jesus was telling us to do. We want to uphold that commandment of love thy neighbour. And we want to make sure that there is a real unified message being spread that all members of any community are loved and your gender or your sexuality does not at all impact how much god loves you or how much you should be loved as a person
7: we talked about how there's really a lack of relevance um, Pretty much after every primary, you have so much activities. High school, you have more activities, but kind of after high school, you kind of booted out into the world, and that's kind of it. And if you don't go to mass or don't really advocate for yourself, then there's really nothing else, and it loses a bit of relevance because you do a lot of sacraments when you're young. And, um, yeah, you kind of are like, well, you know, I have struggles. You have problems. You have um, all of these things, and there's really no one to guide you. There's really no one in that gap after that really nurtures your faith and you're kind of left left alone. So we're really discussing that um, potentially that can even be part of like the age gap, the fact that there's so many people, you have a lot of younger uh, people going to, to perish but then you also have a 60 year age gap between you and the next young person um, when you do go to, to mass or you do go anything and it's we were discussing why, why is that? Um, yeah and that's what we identified, there's no one that really helps nurture, you know if you're not getting married, you're not having Um, really advocating for yourself to go to church then there's there's nothing in the parish that provides that Um, and there's no really outreach for that and also a relevancy within the church is to discuss like that you do have sufferings if you are alone you know like who do you go to who who do you go into the parish and who's there to really help you with that
0: After a dinner break in the evening and lots of time to mingle and meet with new people, they ended the night with prayer.
5: Loving God, you called us together as the Diocesan Youth Assembly today. You have been present in our conversations, our dreaming and our work. May you continue along this road with you and with one another, bearing witness to all we have seen and done today and sharing the good news with all we encounter through our actions and words. We ask you for a blessing on each of us here today.
2: Sisters and brothers in Christ, as we go forth from our diocesan youth assembly, we are sent as missionary disciples, witnesses of the good news in this time and place, members of this diocesan family, called to share in the life and mission of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. We are empowered by the Spirit, nourished by the Word, and sustained in the Eucharist. Our assembly has ended. Let us go in peace.
1: A few weeks later, I caught up with Peter, Archbishop Pat, and Sarah Moffat to reflect on the event as well as the whole diocesan assembly and plenary journey. The youth assembly was a pretty amazing moment. Peter, was there anything from that particular day that stands out to you as being something that that'll, that'll stick with you?
2: I think yeah. the 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 thing that I keep bringing up when I talk about the youth assembly to people is the the diversity of young people that were present, and they came from different um, different aspects of the spectrum of you know, their practice or their theology. Uh, but they had a real respect for one another mm. and they, re, uh, committed to dialogue, which was, I think just, a, an amazing feat for a short five hour day mm. to see these young people kind of jump into discussion, discover that they had things in common, discover things about one another, and then move towards, uh, you know, the, the result of the end of the day was really, uh, groups making a commitment to one another to work together uh, in in their own regional areas and I think that was pretty special to see. What do you what do you think they took to it so well? I think well several reasons. I think one young people are just used to being in spaces with people who are different from them yeah. and they're often finding themselves in spaces where they're teaching adults how to be respectful and how to how to talk about people of difference. But also they came ready for it, and it was modelled. It's been modelled for them in the Diocesan Assembly. They've heard about the Diocesan Assembly and the Plenary Council, and this was their opportunity to be a part of that. And so they, I think they were just prepared. Yeah. They were ready for it.
1: It was wonderful having you there on the day too, Archbishop. Was there any um, impressions of the day that um, that were different to the ones that Peter were mentioning for you?
2: Um,
8: everyone is a little bit anxious at the moment because of the COVID overlay and the... Uh, um and some people are good at hiding it and others aren't there's a naturalness about our uh, young people who were just in the few that i met were able to acknowledge that but they weren't going to be defined by it yeah and uh, so uh, once they had uh, said yeah i'm feeling a little bit anxious however um let's move on to uh, what we can do and uh, It was interesting seeing some of the, I forget the name of the lovely software, but uh, when people were commenting on the um, uh, vision statement um, and how, was that 2009 or something? Mm -hmm. So the whole world has changed since then and how it didn't quite reflect where people are, but they had a a chance to sort of say, well, that's what we were thinking then. Uh, What's changed or how have I changed? So there's quite a mature sense of um, reflection that uh, while it might, you know, we'd obviously choose different language and all that kind of thing, but uh, it's amazing what could happen in a short time in a good process.
1: I remember the writing of that mission statement, Sarah, um, because you were um, the coordinator of youth ministry back in that time and putting all that together. What have you seen in your experience of church over these last, what is it, 12 years?
9: I think one of the things, like, so if I go back to 2009, we actually – had a consultation process that led us to that vision statement. I think now we're actually learning to practice that in everything that we do, yeah. and that's the one big change for me about that, that. That this is actually the way that we're operating; that we're yeah. all called to operate that way. And I think that 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 was the message we get. We had our first meeting of our DOS and Pastoral Council on Saturday.
1: Yeah, talk a bit more about that. I was going to ask about that later, but because this was something that came out of the Diocesan Assembly. Can you talk a little bit about, um, for people who don't know what it is and kind of like where things are up to now, we're in um, beginning of December 2021. Can we talk a little bit about where that's up to at the moment?
9: Yeah, so like I said, we had our first meeting on Saturday, which really was about people actually just gathering and getting to know each other a little bit before we launch into 2022. Mm. Um, but I think the idea of it is it is that it's supposed to be a major consultative decision-making body for the Archdiocese alongside the Archbishop. And I think the the invitation there was for us to continue to dialogue and discern our path forward mm. together. And that's not just the Dyson Pastoral Council. Yeah, That's the Dyson Pastoral Council in connection with who it's serving, yeah. which is the people of Adelaide.
1: And so that first meeting, what was it like? What, what happened?
9: Lots of hope. I got lots of emails the next day saying we well, have a good sense of hope. Um, it was good to see a diversity of people there. Um, we're very much looking forward to, um, you know, being part of the journey. So it, I thought it was very positive.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's Ooh. good. Now um, – there are times in our lives when we we identify like major things that we wanna do. And we say, I really wanna do this because it's really important for this reason. But as we go down the process of working on this particular thing, what we see as important within it can change we can say it's actually there was a deeper reason for why this was important to me or things can happen along the way that change the focus and that change the things that have happened as you know we started this whole process of the diocesan assembly leading into the plenary council saying that these particular things were important did any of those important things change for you along that road the things that you identified and said actually there's there's other reasons why this really matters Or did those things that were important to start with remain?
8: I think because of the preparation for the plenary council, people have been been consulted almost to death. Um, So we actually knew the broad strokes because they were representative of what the whole of Australia is saying. If you look in the main, a lot of the things are just reflective of uh, what's happening in the rest of the country and indeed the rest of the church. You asked, I think, Sarah, what's changed? Well, the world has changed. Um, It's almost a generation since that uh, last statement.
2: Well, there's
1: been so many changes that have happened technologically and socially in that time that it feels like it's it's a generation Mm -hmm. in fast forward, doesn't it?
8: And yet people are still people, uh, fragile, vulnerable and hopeful and a mixture of uh, all of those things. So, I think because we're sort of uh, there's a movement both for the Plenary Council and now the global church on this path, Mm. uh, that for once we were sort of uh, in the vanguard, sort of leading the way a little bit, or at least not leading the way, out in front anyway, with our banner flying high. So, it gave a lot of reassurance, I think, to people that, well, if things are done pretty well and you leave room for the Holy Spirit, then good things happen. I think also what's changed in that, uh, the last since the last one is the demographics of the diocese are hugely changed, and uh, I'm not sure that everyone is sort of quite still on board with uh, what that means. But literally, the face of the diocese is changing. One of the challenges is how do we tap into that people are a little bit less sure of the process and their role in it, and yet um, they are making up uh, uh, more and more of the people with whom we are working. Uh, so what's changed? Well, the world's changed, our demographic has changed, but um, uh, we've got a lot of wonderful tools uh, to, uh, with which to work, and uh, the Synod being just the last of, uh, or the most most recent, not the last, but the most recent of that, but it's all sort of pointing us in that same direction.
1: At the end of all of this, for you, Sarah, kind of what comes out to you as being sort of like a predominant yeah. feeling and emotion towards all this, and why?
9: I, when I reflect back on it, I think about how much I've changed.
1: Right. How so?
2: Um,
9: well, I, I think I'm much more con- conscious of the invitation of others to actually join the journey. Mm. You know, like that you can, as a leader who carries a whole lot of responsibility, you can actually not want a whole lot of people to be involved in what you're doing because they interfere with it, they don't do it the way you do it. <laughs> um <laughs> But I think the invitation from the beginning is to actually let go, let go of some of that and let go of what the preconceived idea is about how things are going to progress and actually invite others into that space. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been one of the personal transformations for me to actually say, well, actually, when I'm inviting you to listen, to, to talk to me, I'm actually going to listen to what you have to say. I haven't already made up my
2: mind about where I'm going with this
1: so like transformative a feeling a yeah. feeling of transformation yeah. yeah wow that's amazing how about for you
2: Peter I think I'm still working through it like trying to figure it all out one of the things that was a just seeing people together you know all in the same space working uh, moving in the same general direction you know all kind of moving together and I think the the Holy Spirit's presence in in action in all of this was was visible and apparent in in the way that we were uh, we were together and I think. That was overwhelming to be just to mm. just to see it all happen, and and to know that uh, I had a part in that I think was overwhelming. So being uh, being creative and seeing the creation you know take its own form and and have its own life. So yeah, as a as an artistic creative person, it's always kind of fun to see something that you've worked on become its own thing and it's no longer the creation that you made, but it's it's all of us together. And I think that it was becoming, and it is its own thing, but that I had some small part in helping to to develop the processes and the, the shape of the program. Um, but that it wasn't about the process of the program, but it was about the people and and the, their, the way they took it on. I'm overwhelmed too, because I, I can foresee the possibility. And there's a lot of excitement for me around what what we can do and where we can go with this. And when
1: you say you see possibility, what possibility do you see?
2: I think it's it's this you know Pope Francis's vision of a church on a journey and and a, being on the way together. So this uh, idea of synodality that this is who we are as church and that we aren't leaving anybody behind. But it's it's a difficult path. It's a slower path. But it's. Uh, It's a path that's inclusive of people and invites them into participation i think you know the three words that uh archbishop you you are you've been reflecting on you know communion participation and mission uh, i think those three words really capture the the way forward and not just on the journey to this synodal meeting but who we are as church ongoing Mm -hmm.
1: Archbishop, I, I had uh, the opportunity to ask a few people after um, seeing the introductory video that you made, introducing the diocesan assembly to everyone. You had that beautiful speech that was there. And if people have heard the podcast, I think like it's in episode one, we, we played it. And I was asking people, I said, you know, what did you think of the, of the video? I said, oh, I loved what the Archbishop said. I loved his bit in the, in the video. And everyone said that I spoke to, the word that jumped out to them the most was family because you used that, I think, a couple of times within, within that, and that really did resonate people, because to be Catholic is to be in community with one another. As you were there within this whole process, looking out on our archdiocesan Catholic family, archdiocesan Catholic community, was there any feeling that you had all in all about, about this process and having everyone together working together that, uh, that, that, that comes to the forefront for you?
8: I wouldn't use the word feeling necessary, but experience.
1: Okay. What's uh, the difference between the two?
8: A, a lot. But the advantage of being in a parish for most of my life, ordained life is that I've seen lots of things work and lots of things fall over. Mm-hmm. And both are to be expected. Um, but it's the experience of trust that you can do your very best. And then all of a sudden you've got to hand it over to the process and to uh, to trust that. So, I guess I've learned to trust trusting. And I know if you do your little bit, uh, then God can build on that and actually take it to a place maybe you hadn't even um, are destined. And it can fail sometimes, it can fall over, it can be inadequate or the wrong thing. But that's rare. So, my experience of the whole thing was exactly that that we had done our best to prepare. And then you get to a point where you just hand it over. My other experience of was family in the sense that was the first time I could actually be with the diocesan family Uh, because of COVID. It was the first chance we really had to come together as a family. Now, okay, it was a Friday night and Saturday. It wasn't a long experience, but it was an experience of trust of family and uh, again there was a little bit of "Mm, how's this going to go but I think people were invited into that space of trust as well and you know we've been pushing this word discernment and listening skills that we might have forgotten in the last uh, few decades but I think people hadn't experienced that I was talking to someone just yesterday who was at the assembly and uh, they were just amazed at the respect. Um, you, know, you were talking about, Peter, uh, about the respect for different views in the group. There was no shouting down. They were invited into this place of trust. So there, even if it was a, what some might call a wacky idea, it was respectfully listened to. It wasn't sort of uh, discounted straight out. So my experience uh, was of trust and of family. And also what happens when you do your very best to prepare, and that's all you can do, and then you sort of hand it over. So it's not an abandoning thing when you hand it over, but it's an entrustment. Uh, Like Jesus on the cross, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit kind of thing. Well, um, um, it's a bit like what they say about a book or a film. It's never finished, it's just abandoned. (laughs) Not because it's not worth finishing, but... There's always going to be more you can do and you've just got to let it
1: go sometimes. Um, on the Friday night, you told a story about boots. You, you used the boots as a thing and the idea that you know, the, they were boots of a pilgrim, that we were on a journey going somewhere. So in that spirit, can you talk to me a little bit about how your boots look different now after having walked down this road this year?
8: Maybe I needed a new pair of shoelaces and but why would still, that be still love that <laughs> what happened out? to your shoelaces well you know after about five thousand times they, they wear out
1: <laughs> true <laughs> but on the whole are they more are they more road seasoned are they more loved i think they've got a good polishing yeah actually hmm.
8: because uh, you know the the good thing about any community at sandpapers the edges off that can get a bit rough at it um, allows people to literally
1: rub along. Mm.
8: I think they've got a good polishing.
1: They do, and sometimes but when not you, a shellacking. <laughs> 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 and you can sometimes look at your boots after a long journey and, and see how they've held up and how they've, you know, they they, they look just more uh, worldly and right. say, you know what, mm. you look great, boots. That's right. You're doing well. Thank you all for joining us here at the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for this very special series covering the 2021 Diocesan Assembly in the Archdiocese of Adelaide. If you have enjoyed this five part story as much as we have loved making it, you should definitely check out season one of Parishes of Adelaide, which explores the stories of connection and belonging inside parishes through COVID 19. This podcast was produced by Michaela Howard-Jones and me, James Meston, from ArchD Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can check out all our podcasts over our five channels at our website, archdradio.com. Many thanks. See you soon.